0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at BlogtalkRadio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, WoWfreecam.com and Facebook.com slash makeup Kennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now for the hosts of your flagship program here- It's not Tom Robinson and Nate Bush as you normally think it would be. No, it's not. It's Nate Bush here with my good friend from up north, Tim Dombrovos. So I'm just stopping the intro because I can do that. Tim, you there? At least I think I'm here with Tim
2: having a com we're having a computer problem.
1: There, oh, there we go. I hear you now. Are we there got now? You. Gotcha.
2: Gotcha PC. I I am in <laughs> fact uh I am Tom Robinson. Uh I am the master <laughs> of voices as you well know. And yeah, I uh, do. this is just me doing my Tim impressions, which is spot on, I might add. Good day. It, it's
1: pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good.
2: I'm Not I'm gonna Tom, lie. I, I'm known for my for my voices, so <laughs> how are things in the in the, in how are things in the deep south?
1: <laughs> nah, could be better, could be worse, but it's another week here at Wide Man Can't Jump, episode forty two, and we have got a jam packed oh, yeah. show tonight for you. I hope you guys are looking forward to it. Going to be a great time. Um, but first, let's just go ahead and let's get it. Let's get it in here. You wanted to talk about I believe you brought up Mr. Ben Simmons the other day. Did you not talk to me? Did you want to talk
2: about him? Well, I, I certainly did. As, uh, as Ben has uh, been uh, willingly or unwillingly, we're not really sure. If if it's unwillingly, Ben, blink when you're on television, eh? Um has been sucked into the realm of the Kardashians. Slash Jenner, yeah, slash uh... <laughs> entertainment television.
1: Yeah, it's almost like he seems more interested in uh, diving into the world of reality TV than he is about playing basketball. And the Kardashian curse is a real thing. Every time they get with uh, one of these guys, uh,
2: bad news. Yes, we have, uh, I think Tom and I touched on it briefly last week. It's not a good Tom and I talked last night.
1: Someone I talked last night, and uh, I recorded that conversation to be played here this evening, and he talked about this. Um, he talked about Ben and the offseason and what Ben's been doing and, and things of that nature, but go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt.
2: Well, it seems to me, I mean, I don't know about you, and I'm not sure. Um, it's not a very productive way to spend your summer. Now, sure, these guys are entitled to uh, you know, a little bit of, of a holiday time, but, Um you know, he's, you know, at least number two on the squad, um, getting paid big bucks. Um, I want to I wanna see some basketball-related um, ventures going on, like uh, practicing those parts of your game that you have not. Like, if he was a 10-year veteran and was an all-star and defensive player of the year and all this kind of stuff, and he was out doing that, it wouldn't bother me quite so much. But he's got, what, one season under his belt?
1: Yeah, you one know, complete he's... season where he actually played. Yeah, okay.
2: So he's he, so he's he's probably got some things. Like I said, not that he's not entitled to some private time, but uh, making the game show, or not the game show, the late night circuit, I don't think that serves uh, Ben Simmons or the 76ers very well. And they've already got enough no. nonsense going on over there. Yeah, it it's not like it's not
1: like that they need the publicity. Um Philly's one of the most talked about teams in the offseason and you know even last season with all their high quality picks and they've been in the news now for a long time. It's not like they need any more publicity, especially well, with a guy. And and he's entitled to date whoever he wants and be with yeah, whoever he yeah. wants, but man, it's almost like he's almost like he's asking for it here.
2: You would think, you know, that somewhere—I think I—I had I, actually mentioned this to Tom—that somewhere, I mean, he's got an agent, and that somebody from the team would be going, "Hey, you know, I'm not telling you what to do, but you're about—you're—you're—you're you're, you're not far away from going down a slippery slope there. Um, you and you want to end up like some of the other basketball players that have got involved in that mess." And, yeah, Lamar
1: uh, Odom. Tristan Thompson.
2: Just oh, uh, the name the of wife? you. Kate, uh, who was the white guy?
3: Oh, uh, Chris Humphreys.
2: One of the most. Yeah, I mean, and look what happened to him. I mean, you don't. The problem there is, I mean, it would be one thing if you could date. Cause he's dating, I think, one of the Jenner girls. I believe. Yeah, I think. Um, I think I it's Caitlyn. He, he's with. I don't know, but but regardless, is it because if you get sucked in there too far. Then all the rest of their drama becomes your drama, and you yes, become associated does. with that. You become associated with that drama, and that I'm quite sure the 76ers do not do not want and or need. Um, like I said, they have enough nonsense going on with uh, Joel Embiid uh, doing the bicycle <laughs> kicks, thinking he's a soccer star, and all this all those other nonsense that goes on in that franchise. Uh, so not right, a good. He's move. dating
1: Kendall. He's dating Kendall. I forgot. Kendall Jenner so is. So he's, is right, Jenner. So he's
2: dating the Jenner. But but all it takes. I mean, and these girls are infamous for it. They get knocked up, get married, and then you're you're involved in that mess, and then you're involved in all of it. And I mean, you got Kanye and <laughs> all that goofiness going on, and
0: it, I, it, it cannot
2: be can't be conducive to a good to, to to being a professional sports guy, that's all I'll say.
1: Well, it doesn't leave a lot of time to focus on sports, which is, hey, you're being paid to to do that. And when you're dealing with these people, you're wrapped up in the pseudo-celebrity life, so it's kind of hard yeah, to pay well, becomes attention a bit to
2: it. It a, becomes a bit of a gong show as I go on. There's Ben Simmons, and he dates Kendall Jenner, and then the story becomes... It becomes flipped. It's oh hey, there's Kendall Jenner who dates Ben Simmons, you know, and he. And we'll becomes, be right back with more stuff. <laughs> to bring the gun yeah, show. he be- he becomes <laughs> part of the, um, a piece for them to play for their publicity, and they're certainly not above burning somebody if it keeps them on TV or whatever else, because I I've, yeah, I mean to to me like their mother is. Um, you know they're, they're just They're 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 entertainment prostitutes. They'll do whatever needs doing to try to keep in the spotlight. And I I got a question, Ben Simmons, why he'd want any part of that? I mean, he can't find. Well,
1: remember, he can't he's find young. a girl with
2: less baggage than her. I mean,
1: he's young. On. He's uh, not exactly known. He's not exactly known for his. Um, I won't say he's not a smart kid because he's smart, but he's not known for common sense. Well, whereas most common sense would say, yeah, you may want to avoid these people, whereas he's, he's more in a of different
2: a – league. playing in a different league there than what he's used to running with. I mean, we're talking yeah, about – Yeah, I mean, granted,
1: he's he's used to being seen and, and noticed, but, right, this but we're not,
2: talking The Kardashians are not 10 millionaires. They're 100 millionaires. I mean, Kendall yeah. jenner is worth a small is worth a small fortune. she's got way more money than he ever dreamed to having already, so you know I mean maybe that's alluring i I don't know it is not a good move that's that's i'll will leave it at that and i mean he's entitled to do what he wants but i I don't see any good coming of it
1: no, probably not um not exactly one of the smarter moves of the off season
2: unless he's just uh, you know, saw you know, he said saw Joel pulling his nonsense and decided, oh, I don't want to be left out of the.
3: <laughs>
2: I too can be crazy. <laughs> I see your bicycle kick and I raise you a Jenner.
1: Like they they go well. Uh, uh, trust me, I'd rather do ten bicycle kicks than deal with the Jenner. <laughs>
2: oh good lord, I'd rather be kicked by ten bicycle kicks than have anything to do with that mess.
1: It's a, it's it's a it's a place where male species go to die. Even poor Bruce, he's now a woman. Uh, with, nothing wrong with that. You can be what you want to be. They, no, uh,
2: Bruce Bruce Jenner was forced to have a sex change to try to get some spotlight from those that bunch. That was so? the end game for him. Well, I think I think it, I mean he may have been contemplating it before, but being around those women pushed him to that. I believe. Eh.
1: I'm not gonna get into because that. Anything, I, else
2: he, a, anything else he did was not was not newsworthy. Eh,
1: again, that's that's a whole nother talk for a whole other show and we don't want to get into oh, that well, here yeah, where I,
2: jo- I was I was saying it jokingly. I have no idea. I know.
1: But I mean I look do.
2: look at poor Kanye. He wanders around in a stupor.
1: <laughs> well Kanye's an idiot, <laughs> because, first off, so Yeah,
2: but, but he but he's even gotten worse, I mean He's a black. Yeah, okay, I can't go anywhere without going to politics, and we don't want to do that. End and game. If you're a if you're a sports figure, and you have any controversy around you, which he already had, you don't yeah. need to go looking for more in your personal life. Uh, and, and that oh, I'll agree with that. what. And it doesn't matter what it is. You'd be much better off to stick your nose to what you know best, which is basketball, and. Stay out of the entertainment world. You're you're a sports figure. You're not one of those people, and you shouldn't want to be one. Yeah, it, I'll this, agree end with that. This, this end of the sermon.
1: But you'll hear more about that when T and T R oh, and sure I talk you will. later on the side. show. T R definitely had uh, plenty.
2: Go ahead. No, well, T R has plenty to say about most things, but said you'll find no, out. He had plenty to say uh, about this. When the headlights he are a very that Ben very... Simmons slam dunks Candle Jenner's heart.
1: <laughs> he and I had a very long G-D-E- conversation last night that uh, we'll let everybody
2: know. Yeah. I can't wait to hear it.
1: <laughs> it's a shame we've had to kick off this show with an uh, e-report romantic news update. Thanks, Ben Simmons.
2: Sermon. You know, we're well, a serious you know, sports but show. We're to we dive into the world of because it, it does speak to actually to get to the real point of it. It does speak to management and ownership, and what's going on in, in Philadelphia land. Because well, one thing TR has said, agree have, this. I'll agree with. I'll say this: ahead.
1: TR said this, and I agree with him. They have nobody managing them in terms of what they need to be that's, doing.
2: That's what I'm getting LA. at. Where's Where's their their coach slash general manager slash you know, president of basketball operations or vice president of basketball operations telling these guys, Hey, you know, I'm not telling you what to do, but Hey, be, be aware that, you know, you're now kind of a celebrity to some degree and people are going to want to take that name and use it for their own uh, enhancement. And, and you know, who's like, and where's the veteran on that team? I, mean, I don't that' that's, like that's, that's another issue. they don't really have many truthfully. they, don't really they have short of Redick and
1: they have redick who's not, more concerned about he's more concerned about getting um trying to make some money getting away from the spotlight in the off season. You've got Amir Johnson who's on the team Wilson Chandler Wilson Chandler doesn't know anybody yet. Amir Johnson's just kind of happy to be there. This is kind of a uh I I mean, know, can, kind of a thing that that they don't really imagine, have a, a, a uh, veteran to lead the team well,
2: put, put Ben Simmons on the uh on the Chicago Bulls and have him pull that nonsense. You're gonna have a phone call from Mr. Jordan, um which would basically amount to I don't really care what you do, but if it affects your basketball one Iota
1: Well Jordan we is, will be all uh, over you. With the Hornets. Jordan's with the Hornets, he's not with the Bulls. Uh I'm
2: talking Michael Jordan. I'm going back in time.
1: Oh, if Jordan was on the team. I'm going to say, Jordan yeah, is actually like, one like of a the higher-ups.
2: Yeah, the I'm, 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 using the time, I'm using the time machine here. That you oh, okay, okay, Back on the 80s, 80s, 90s okay, bulls you. and have where, where you've got that kind of a guy who is all about, no, it's basketball and winning, and I don't care. Like what you do in your personal life none of my business, but if it affects the basketball, we're going to have words, and you're not going to like them.
1: Of course, time will tell if, uh, if it does come to affect the basketball or not.
2: So we'll have to wait and see. I would think it's got to leave a certain bad taste in the mouth of some of those players. That you know, who does this guy think he is? You know, okay, he's just Ben Simmons now. He's Mr. Celebrity. Look at Mr. Celebrity on late night television, on talk shows. You know, fucking who cares? Yeah, I can see where it. You know, there's a lot of egos involved, boy, and some of the guys don't take that stuff very well. But not a good move on his part. Moving
0: on.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not, but uh, we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break real quick and we'll be right back, right after we hear from our good sponsor, the law offices of Stephen P. New. Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by New Law Office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New. What is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know
4: that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways? That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. News.
1: For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, attorney at law. Answers to your legal questions. We do want to thank the law offices of Stephen P. New for sponsoring the show, but Tim, right now we are joined... By our guest, he is the host of Fish and Stats on Sports 56 WHBQ 87.7 FM in Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies sideline and pre- and post-game guy from Grizzlies Live, Rob Fisher. Rob, thank you for joining us.
5: You got it. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Doing good, sir. How about you?
5: Doing well. Doing well. Just getting ready for a training camp to start here soon.
1: Yeah, it's just around the corner, and we are so excited to have some basketball back. And uh, we do thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule to uh, to speak with us. And um, one thing we want to dive into here is this Grizzlies roster. Uh, they keep they have Mike Conley on his contract. Uh, Mark Gasol still there. What do you see the Grizzlies? Um, they had a pretty rough season last season. Do you think that the Grizzlies this season, um, coupling some young talent? Uh, with jaron jackson and javon carter and company um do you think memphis can do better on the offensive side of the ball this season because they really from what i could see last season i didn't get to watch a lot of memphis but what was really their weaknesses Um, i I couldn't tell if it was more offensive or defensive well
5: there wasn't really much to watch last season i mean it was uh it was a rough season for the Grizzlies. Uh, injuries with Mike Conley's injury especially really took their toll last year. Chandler Parsons wasn't right for a long period until late in the season. Um, you know, they just had and Michael Green hurt at the beginning of the year. It was just a bunch of injuries. And, you know, midway through the season, it was just a roster of, you know, misfit toys. Uh, it was a bunch of guys from the G League, a bunch of free agent guys that uh, were just trying to get a shot, you know, the Grizzlies ended up with the second worst record in the league. So this year comes down to a lot similar to what we've seen the last few years with the Grizzlies. The season will depend on how healthy they are. And mainly the main guy that you look at is Mike Conley. How healthy is he going to be coming back from that Achilles injury? The next guy is Chandler Parsons. What are you going to get from him? I mean, that's been the case the last couple of years since Chandler arrived in Memphis. And, you know, can Marc all stay healthy for an entire season, which he did last year? But health is the main thing, and, you know, if they're healthy, their roster certainly today is much better than it was a year ago. Their roster is a lot better going into the season than it was a year ago, and a year ago they expected to be a playoff team. So if they can stay healthy with the roster that they have, they should be a playoff team this year in the West.
1: Awesome. Tim, uh you got any questions here for Rob?
5: I sure do. Hey Rob, how's it going tonight? It's going well. Thank you.
2: Um I guess you touched on it there a little bit with the uh the last season being a uh, well, I guess what? Maybe the second or third worst record in uh, franchise history, almost back to the days of the Vancouver franchise. Um but the the Grizzlies got two pretty good uh, pretty good draft picks this year. Is that gonna I mean that might not push them to the playoffs but but it should get close, do you think?
5: Yeah, I mean I think their roster is a again, it's healthy. Their roster is a playoff roster. You know, they'll have they'll have everybody back and I think the roster got better. I think the addition of Kyle Anderson's a big improvement from what they've had at that position. You know, Marshawn Brooks joined the team late last year and was just a bucket getter from the moment he stepped into Memphis and to have him on the roster this year coming off the bench is could be a big help. Um, you know, I, I think the addition of uh, Shelvin, Max, you know, they, they've been very clear through their moves of what their, you know, idea and what their goal is going to be. One, it's going to be about playing defense. Two, it's going to be about having guys on the team that are smart, IQ basketball players, and, and I think they've done that, whether it's been through the draft, through free agency, Omri Capsby being another guy that they've added, uh, also you know through free agency, through trades as well. So I think all those things they've shown. We are getting back to what our identity was, which was grit and grind, and that's what they want to do. You know, Jaron Jackson's a terrific defensive player. His offense been, was great in summer league. His offense at Michigan State was fantastic. And there's really, when you look at upside on Jaron Jackson, you have to think the upside mainly comes on that offensive end because he's already an NBA-ready defensive type of player. Javon Carter in the draft, defensive style guy, Tony Allen type guy. You know, the Grizzlies tried to speed things up a little bit with offensively. They tried to, you know, adapt to what the NBA is today. Well, let's be honest, guys. I mean, you're not going to have the ability to outscore Golden State. You don't have the talent. You don't have the ability to outscore Houston. You don't have the talent. I mean, to me, I think you model your team after, like, Utah Jazz, which kind of comes full circle because it wasn't long ago the Jazz were kind of modeling themselves after the Grizzlies when Marc Gasol and Zach Randolph were there as well. But now you kind of want to model yourself after them because when you see the Jazz play defense, they can give those top teams trouble because you're different. The Grizzlies aren't – and the discos is not just for the Grizzlies, but just about everybody in the West. You're not going to outscore those teams because you just don't have the James Hardens and the Steph Currys and Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant of the world. And you're not going to get them. You're not going to develop them. I mean, those are special players. So you have to be different. And what makes the Grizzlies different is they'll have two big guys, the Marc Gasol and Jaron Jackson, and they're going to defend the heck out of you for the entire game. I think their scoring's got a little bit better. But, you know, grit and grind used to be you hold teams in the mid-'80s and the Grizzlies would win games. Grit and grind today's got to be you hold teams to about 105. So you're still going to have to outscore them, and I think the Grizzlies' scoring ability is a little bit better. So they're going to have to still score. That's going to be the biggest question. But they're certainly going to get after it defensively, and they're going to have a smart basketball team, and that's kind of the direction they want to go.
1: Yeah, you bring up Javon Carter, and if anybody's followed the show, that's my guy, Javon Carter. I'm a West Virginia native, been following Javon since since freshman year. Big Carter fan. thought you guys got an amazing player out of that. Have you got to be around uh, Javon and and how he's adapting to the style of play in the NBA? I know he looked good in summer league, and he's just a defensive nightmare. What what are your thoughts on Javon Carter?
5: Well, I think he's a guy that can just adapt immediately. You know, Jamie Bickerstaff said at the press conference introducing both draft picks that it's rare that you can find guys in college that know their role and play their role, especially when it comes to being a defensive role. And both of these guys did that and take pride in it. Find guys in college to take pride in playing defense. Everybody wants to score. I mean, that's what's glamorous in the college game. But these guys take pride in their defense. And, you know, Javon Carter is a guy that you just think he can adapt to the NBA quickly because that's what he is. It's about effort, it's about defense, it's about disrupting whoever he's guarding. And we saw it in Summer League. Now, granted, it's Summer League, but, you know, I think the thing I always look for in Summer League is. If you're Sharon Jackson and you're a top four pick, you better dominate everybody. And he did. Javon Carter, you know, do what you do, be that disruptor, and and he showed that as well. I think he can adapt to the NBA. The only problem with rookies in that sort of role is foul trouble and things like that. Maybe things you kind of sneakily could get away with in college that you can't in the NBA. But I think he can make the adaption. He's got an injury right now, but he should be ready for camp should be good to go, and I don't think they're going to ask him to do too much right out of the gate. I think he'll be in the rotation, but if he earns it, and I think he'll earn it because he is just a tireless worker. And talking to him, I mean, this is a guy that is grateful for every opportunity he's gotten, but he's gone out and earned every opportunity that he's gotten. And to impress Bob Huggins like he did, well, that takes a guy that just works his tail off, and that's the type of guy that Memphis fans love, that blue-collar mentality guy who's just going to bust his tail, he'll be diving on the floor, he'll be getting steals, he's going to make the opposition angry. I mean, that's the type of guy that Memphis falls in love with, and Javon Carter just seems to fall right into that hole.
1: Yeah, he really does. I thought he was a perfect fit for Memphis. Um, Tim, you got any more questions for Rob?
2: Yeah, one quick one. You mentioned uh, Staff there. Um, he's going to get his first full-year shot. Um, what does he bring to the table that uh, that they didn't have before with uh, Fisdale?
5: Well, I love him. I, I think he's great. I, I think the thing that makes JB impressive, well, he's got the pedigree. I mean, his father was a successful, just successful all around in the NBA. Whether it was a head coach or a scout or team president, I mean, the general manager, he's done it all. And JB's been around basketball his entire career. You know, when he took over for Kevin McHale in Houston, he took a team that was just in disarray and got them to the playoffs and got them competing very hard. They decided to go another direction and Mike D'Antoni. He came to Memphis, and I think getting this opportunity as a head coach, just seeing him go through a season like he went through last year, which was miserable, he got them playing hard regardless of the situation. And, Jay, I mean, I hate bringing it up around J.B., but one of the big moments of last season, I think, for him as the head coach, the teams in Charlotte gets beat by 60 points. 60 points. I mean, to get beat by 60 is it's embarrassing no matter who you play. And they did it in Charlotte, and it was an embarrassing performance. And you wondered how was the team going to recover from that. They came back in their next game and gave the Utah Jazz everything they could handle in a game that came down to the final minute. They ended up losing because the Jazz were just a much better team. But the team fought. They came out every night, played hard, fought for J.B., and he never stopped coaching, even in that 60-point loss. I mean, he was coaching until the last 45 seconds of the game when he finally took a seat on the bench because he knows, you know, these guys were fighting for jobs, whether with the Grizzlies or with another team around the league because people would watch the tape, and he got everybody to play hard. I think he's a guy that the players respect. I think he's a guy that Mark Gasol respects, which is the most important person on the Grizzlies team that you want to respect your head coach. I think Mark respects him. I think he gets their attention. I think they listen to him. He's a very good basketball mind. He's always thinking ahead, and he treats everybody the same yet treats everybody fairly. I think you know to be successful as a head coach in the NBA, and I've been covering the Grizzlies for 12 years. First coach that I watched was Mark Iveroni wasn't long into his tenure that I thought, is this how it is everywhere? Because the players just don't care about anything he's saying. And Mark Ibroni didn't last very long. Lionel Holland, you could tell they respected him. They played hard for him. They played as well as they could for him. Dave Yeager kind of took over for Lionel. Did a nice job, Got the respect of the team. David Fisdale wanted to change the culture, wanted to change a lot of things. It just didn't work. And I think Fizz will be a really good coach. I think he's a really good basketball mind. He'll be good in New York. But J.B. Bickerstaff has their respect, has their attention, and they play for him and they listen to him. And I think that's the first thing when you look at a head coach. What's the most important thing? You have your players' attention and they respect you. Because if they don't, it'll go sideways quickly and you'll be out of a job. J.B. Bickerstaff's got that from this team, and I think that'll go a long way
1: couple more questions for you, Rob, before we let you go. Um, one thing I want to know about is uh, the Grizzlies are supposed to be retiring Zach Randolph's number in Memphis this season, which I think is great. Zebo had a great run there. Loved that team personally. They weren't my favorite team, but I loved watching them, loved the way they played. Um, did, do the Grizzlies think that Jaron Jackson, with his style of play and the way he conducts himself on the court, do they think he can step in – and be the next Zach Randolph for Memphis?
5: Well, General Manager Chris Wallace said he thinks Jaron Jackson has the potential to be one of the greatest players to ever wear a Grizzlies jersey. Now, that's some high praise because Kyle Gasol was terrific, Zach Randolph, Mark Gasol, and, you know, you can name a handful of guys. That's going to be tough to take, especially because of the Memphis fans' relationship with certain players. And Zach Randolph was beloved. And, you know, and rightfully will have his number retired because he is, you know, the success of this organization, you know, was on his shoulders for the tenure that he was in Memphis. I don't know if they look at him as the next Zach Randolph. I think they look at him different. You know, he's going to be a guy that will rebound. He's going to be a guy that scores, exacted those things. But he's going to be so much more athletic and can be so much more dynamic. And his upside is, is, you know, greater than – what I think you'd see is a Zach Randolph. Zach was never athletic. Zach was just a smart basketball player who just, you know, busted his tail to accomplish everything that he accomplished in his career. Jaron Jackson's a guy that is so athletic but so smart, so coachable, that he can, become, he can become an all-star in this league and can become a great player for a long, long time. I don't know if it's necessarily replacing Zach. I think it's a matter of their hope, at least, is it'll be better than Zach with him and Mark together. And eventually when Mark's done with his career that, you know, Darren Jackson moves into that center position and can be the leader for the team for a long time to come. He is today's NBA. He's big. He's long. He's athletic. He can guard the four. He can guard the three. He can also step out and knock down threes. Plus he'll get in with his length and can get rebounds. So he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. And, you know, Zach was Zach was huge in what he was able to do, but in today's NBA, it's made it a little more difficult for him to go out because he's got a guard guys that play his position that are quicker and more athletic and are shooting threes, and it's become difficult for Zach. He's still going to beat you, and he's still going to win games for you, uh, you know, occasionally, but not as much as he used to. So I think it's, it's a different type of guy. I don't know if replacement would be the right word, but, but certainly – Stepping into that role is Mark's dynamic duo type of guy, and I think that's the hope for Jaron going forward for sure.
1: Well, I've only got one more question, and then, Tim, if you've got any more, I'll throw it back to you. Uh, my last question for you, Rob, is who's the guy on the team this year that's maybe not Jaron Jackson or Javon Carter or even a um, a big name that we would know like Mike Conley or Mark Gasol? Who's a guy that we need to look for on this team this year that's going to step up and assume a bigger role for this Grizzlies team?
5: Well, I think your hope would be, and I mean, he's a guy that you know, but I think he's a guy that can fit into this organization because of his defensive play, because of his ability to score, and because of being a smart basketball player, and that's Kyle Anderson. I mean, he, he's a guy that also seems to fit into what the Grizzlies want to do and it's a position in which the Grizzlies haven't had a lot of success, you know, at the shooting guard position or at the two, whichever side, or even at the four where he's going to play. He's a guy that needs to have, you know, a big impact on this team. Another guy that I think, you know, you expected big things from him last year and didn't get him because he was hurt in camp and never really got right until the end of the season. But Green Green's going to have to be a lot better. You know, he. Was taken over for Zach Randolph. Taken over at that four position, he got hurt in the first three minutes of opening night last year. He goes through a camp. He's in basketball shape to start a season. Jamichael Green could be a big part of this team, scoring and rebounding. And uh, you know, you you put him with Mark, and then throw Jaron Jackson in that mix as well, and that front line could be very effective.
1: Tim, you got anything for Rob?
2: Yeah, one one quick one, one real easy one. Uh, playoffs or not next year?
5: I'm going to say yes, and, and you know, I hey, I wear Grizzlies glasses. I'll be honest with you, I, I do. <laughs> and, but <laughs> and, but the bottom <laughs> but, but but the bottom line is, it all comes down to health. If Mike Conley's healthy, if Marcus Alls healthy, and his team can stay relatively healthy, they should be a playoff team. So. I'm gonna hope on health, and if if health is comes through for the Grizzlies, yes, they'll make the playoffs next year. You it's
1: go. the off season. There's there's 30 teams right now sitting around going, "Yeah, we're playoff bound this year."
5: So <laughs> that's right. That's right. So everybody's You gotta have faith, time. man.
1: You gotta have faith. Yeah. Everybody's making the playoffs this year. But uh, Rob, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. We really appreciate you giving us some of your time. Uh, will not you let our listeners know where they can find you at on Twitter and other places if they want to hear any more of your social commentaries on the Grizzlies or anything like that.
5: Yes, yeah, uh, on Twitter it's at TheFishNation, F-I-S-H-Nation, TheFishNation. A lot of basketball, a lot of college football even, as we get set to start college football season. Uh, I'm on Sports 56 here in Memphis each afternoon from 3 to 6 p.m. And you can catch that at Sports 56 whbq.com and uh, on the Grizzlies app and Grizzlies website we do stuff every single game day and uh, of course pregame show and halftime and on the sidelines throughout every game so you can catch that on the, the Grizzlies app as well as well as the Twitter site at the Fish Nation
1: Hey Rob I got one question before you go actually just let me run this by you real quick what's it like yep. down there in Memphis um, Tim and I and our, ho- and our other co-host TR we're huge wrestling fans What's it like down there in Memphis when Lawler has the wrestling nights at the games? What's that like?
5: Different than anything else. Uh, It's it's a different – wrestling's different here. I'll never forget it. I was sitting next to Chris Mannix during a playoff game. He used to work at SI, and he's worked with the Boston Celtics the last couple of years, and – I was sitting next to him during a playoff game and right in the middle of the game during a timeout, Lawler comes out and he's got the tights on, wearing the crown and everything. And he looked at me and he said, (laughs) is this real? And I said, oh, you've seen nothing yet. And they start wrestling and he's beating people up and I mean, it's, It's different. It's different here. It's a unique playoff atmosphere. It's a different type of atmosphere. It it makes stuff that's unique around the NBA, but we love it here in Memphis. And wrestling night is a huge night every single single year. Last year, we gave away the crowns. The year before, we gave away championship belts. So who knows what's in store to give away this year. Hopefully, it's not tight, because I'm not going to be wearing those.
1: I'm going to have to come down to Memphis for a wrestling night. That sounds like a good time. Basketball and wrestling, you can't beat that.
5: No. Basketball, wrestling, and barbecue. It's big night in Memphis.
1: Oh, God. That's me. Like Ooh, that, why do I not live time. in Memphis?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that sums me up to a T. My goodness. I think yeah. I need to pack my bags. <laughs> <Well, laughs> Rob, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to have you back real soon, man.
5: Hey, anytime, guys. Thanks. Have a good night. Thank you.
1: Well, that was Rob Fisher, of the Memphis Grizzlies, a sideline sideline reporter, and he talks on the radio down there in Memphis. Big basketball fan, and thank him for giving him so much time. But Tim, right now, the man himself, Sweet Lou, is joining us. What's up, Lou?
4: Hey, thanks a lot. Well, listen, any any team can say that you know they're they're Super Bowl contenders, um, you know going into the into the preseason, but when you get down to it, only a few are going to survive. I mean, even Cleveland thinks they're going to, you know, do um, have a winning season this year. I don't see it happening. I mean, they'll do better. I mean, you can't get any worse than zero. But uh, I'm not thinking it's going <laughs> to be like a 10-win season. I still think they're going to suffer.
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's glass half full. Everybody thinks they're going to win it this year, or at least right. get there. So, I mean, that's how you gotta look at it. Um I think there's maybe like one or two teams that can honestly say, Yeah, we're not gonna make the playoffs this year. But who knows? Who knows? Hmm. Uh What's on your mind, Lou?
4: Yeah well what would well what would Cleveland need to do? I mean you can't of course you can't do worse than Owen sixteen, but you know, how how realistically how good are they gonna be? I mean really.
1: That's true. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking yeah, I mean, from the football perspective of things, yeah, but in terms of basketball, it's one of those things where, you know, if some team gets hot at the right time, you never know.
4: Yeah, well, that's true. Time, time will tell. And, of course, you know, because this is the week of all weeks that up uh, for preseason football because this is the major cut week before heading into the final week of preseason.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is the uh, – yeah. This is the last cut week, and um, you cool. know, fantasy football, I'll be getting my leagues going here soon, and uh, uh, we're probably going to, to talk about football. that later in the week. Well, we'll probably be talking about that later in the week um, yeah. in terms of uh, uh, fantasy football, plus uh, we'll, I think we're having a football show on Sunday, are we not, Tim?
2: What time? Um, I think so. I'm thinking 8 o'clock.
1: What? I think we're going to be talking wait, college wait. football.
4: Hold it, what, um, 8 o'clock in what time zone? Because I'm in the east.
2: So are we. In the east.
4: Okay. I wanted to be sure. Because, like, "Hmm, it's 8 o'clock, like, like, you know, because, you know, because I make calls all over the country, so, uh, you know.
1: Oh, I got you. Yeah, it's 8 o'clock eastern (laughs) here. Uh, Okay. So that'll that'll probably be when when we do our show. It'll be Sunday evening. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk a little football. Okay. Uh, right now we're focusing more on basketball. Okay. It's our weekly basketball program. Um, okay,
4: well, we um, I do have a note, but it's not really – well, it's sort of related to the NBA, but it's not exactly the NBA itself. Uh, are you familiar with the what's called the Big Three League?
2: Yes, I am. Tim, yeah, are you familiar have, they... with that? Somewhat.
4: <laughs> That's okay, because I was reading up – they had out their um season awards uh, last night and um Nancy Lieberman was probably the greatest women's basketball player ever got coach of the year.
1: Yeah, I I saw that. Yeah. Uh that was mm-hmm. I thought that That's was bro. uh interesting, not really surprising. Uh no I'll no. be honest with you, I don't really I don't really pay attention to the big three leagues or anything like that. I know, I know, so but hard. it's
4: there, and it was no, it was uh, noteworthy in my uh, on the ESPN side this morning. Like, so hmm, I know we don't cover this that often, but this is too good to pass up. So why not? I'll write it in. It makes for an interesting story.
1: Yeah, it does. It, it, it's it's interesting nonetheless. Uh, I don't know in the offseason of basketball. I'm just so focused on. I'm so focused on the NBA all season and all the moves and the players being dealt. It's hard for me to keep up with. Hard for me to keep up with everything. If that
2: makes any sense. Well,
4: yeah, I understand that. But, um, well,
2: you know, the, you, you made think, me choose do you think between that.
4: Actually retire. I mean, you know, there was talk of it last season, and now it's the talking of it again. So this time it's hit for real?
1: I don't know. I don't know the possibility, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, maybe, but then it's like, ah, no, nah, maybe not. Uh, yeah. Who
2: knows? Yeah. I was far too busy following the JBA league to have any time for the other one.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he heard it once before, he was mulling over his decision. So, like, mm, I don't know. Maybe I'll just wait till like uh, after the, uh, like a few weeks after the after the season's over, then I'll make my decision. Like. You know what? I'm gonna come back. So, like, you know, we've heard this before. I mean, you know, not for the. I mean, he has an historic career behind him. Nobody can take that away.
1: Yeah, that's true. You you can't knock what he's done in the past. But I don't know. I guess he'll when the time is right. He'll he'll decide to walk away. It's just a matter of of if and when, and when we see that moment come. Yeah, I mean
4: if he's still got some, you know, left left in him, I'd say you keep going.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. If you can uh if you still got it, might as well keep going with it. Um I don't know, sure. we'll see how he's used this season and what his production's like. So uh it's hard it's hard hard to say what'll happen, but we're we'll keep an eye on it. That's all we can really do. Um, yeah. Obviously he's not gonna be like he was in years past, but We'll just have to uh, have to wait and see.
4: Yeah, I mean, because he says he's strongly considering, and he is um, going to talk gonna talk it over with with the other coach. But um, you know, I'm not I'm not convinced until you know I hear the official word.
1: Oh yeah, that's I mean that's the only way you can look at it. But uh,
4: yeah, I will believe wh- when I see it.
1: Yeah. But, Lou, we've got a couple more interviews to get to here, buddy, and uh, we yeah. welcome you back any Just got a jam-packed right. show tonight, so uh, give us a call on Sunday. You should Sunday see, you should see on my show, show. sometime. Oh, I know, I know. But uh, holler at us on Sunday. We've got the football show going on. We'll see what's up. All right, right. bud?
4: Yeah, all right. And, incidentally, um, we're making some changes to our show. We're moving to a new platform uh, sometime in September. Um, next week I'll give I'll give all the information out.
1: All right, sounds good. Thanks for calling in, Lou. We appreciate it.
4: Thanks, Rich.
1: Talk to you later.
2: Lou. Well, that, was,
1: that was Lou joining us again, a longtime friend are, of the
2: show. Those are not Lou. ladies and gentlemen, those are Lou. Lou in the house. <laughs>
1: But Rob Fisher, again, thanks for joining us, Rob. I thought he was a great guest, and glad he could jump yeah, on like here a, with us and yeah, yeah, he was really cool, happy to have him on and to talk a little
2: ball with him and uh it's so all things it's, Memphis. So, it's so interesting to hear somebody who is um you know with with their record and everything it would be easy for them to or for him to you know not be all that enthusiastic about the product, and yet total yeah. opposite on board. Moving on, onward and upward. Yeah, like playoffs. It. Memphis
1: playoffs. Never thought you'd hear that on the show, but we've had it.
2: Trusting the process.
1: <laughs> Trusting the barbecue, the wrestling, and the basketball. Yeah. Why do I not do that? How, go in Memphis? Wrong?
2: That's the, real How question. the hell can you go wrong there?
1: <laughs> that just sounds like a winner to
2: me. <laughs> I mean, know like, where really I'm going on vacation. That of those three things, basketball would have been third. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> you have to stop and think about it. <laughs> That's that alone is bizarre.
1: No doubt. No doubt about that. But uh, switching gears a little bit, going up toward your neck of the woods up there in Canada, I feel like every time you're on the show, we're always talking about the Toronto Raptors. But this week, uh, Tim, Very I rare. was able to interview... Chris Walder from the Score. And now, for those of you that don't know what the Score is, uh, let our let our listeners know what the Score is. Tim, up in Canada. The
2: Score initially was a twenty four hour highlight network, and that was all there for all sports. And now it's it's basically it's basically ESPN, I guess you could say. Yeah, the it's similar. Sort of, same sort of thing. It's we have two big TSA. sports networks up here. We have we have the the, the sports network and and uh, Sportsnet, and the Score is part of Sportsnet, I believe, if I have that straight. Yeah.
1: Well, Chris is the the NBA news editor at the Score, so he's a pretty high up ranking guy yeah, with the Score.
2: A, that's a fairly big good title up here, I would say.
1: Yeah. And he was able to give us a little time. So what we'll do is we'll play my interview with Chris Walder, and we will come back, Tim, talk a little bit and see where we go from there. We'll talk a little uh, Toronto when we get back. So all you Canadian fans, all you Canadian listeners, this segment's for you. Here's my interview with Chris Walder. Joining me right now is NBA news editor at The Score and former Toronto Raptors columnist at Bleacher Report, Chris Walder. Chris, thanks for jumping on with me.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, buddy.
1: No problem, no problem. We've uh, been trying to set this up for a little while, but we finally were able to make it work out. So, uh, been looking forward to it, been wanting to talk some Toronto Raptors with you.
0: Yeah, it's our schedules are always hard to get together, but I'm finally glad we can talk some Raptors. Obviously, this was a pretty big off season for us. Yeah, let's go ahead and dive into that. The off season,
1: um, depending on how you look at it, it's been good or maybe you don't like it as much. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Raptors' off season? Picking up one Kawhi Leonard through the big trade with Demar Derozan, and uh, they add Danny Green and get rid of Jacob. Uh, Jacob, uh, man, his last name's tough. total Pl- <laughs> Yeah, Pirtle, that's it. It's tough, man. It's
0: a tough one. But what do you think? Well, I think change was inevitable for this franchise. I mean, there was so many expectations heading into the playoffs. We had a franchise-best regular season with the 59 wins, and I think a lot of people were hoping that maybe this is the year that Toronto finally gets to the finals and we can overcome a LeBron James Cavaliers team that was definitely showing its inefficiencies. But... Then you get to the second round, and obviously it didn't play out as a lot had predicted, Uh, getting swept uh, again by Cleveland and having your franchise player, in DeMar DeRozan, get benched in in Game 3 and then ejected in Game 4 unceremoniously, I think it, it left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And even though LeBron went to the Western Conference to join the Lakers, I don't think it would have been a wise decision to kind of bring this team back intact and say, hey, we were the best. We finished first in the East. We're probably the favorites right now with Boston. LeBron isn't impeding our path. But I, that's not the mentality of someone like Masai Ujiri. So firing Dwayne Casey was the first, you know, firing shot. And then to pull off the trade with, for for Kawhi Leonard, a guy that, you know, 9.9 times out of 10, you're never going to be able to convince to come to Toronto on his own merit. I'm glad. I'm certainly glad they pulled the trigger on that. Even though he might only be sticking around for one year, this guy is a top five player when healthy, and I think he puts the Raptors in a better position to get to the championship than someone like DeRozan would. Well, with Kawhi Leonard, you you do have that long standing.
1: Um, you don't know if he's going to stay um, after a year, which we all thought Paul George would walk from Oklahoma City and lo and behold he fell in love with Oklahoma City and re-signed a deal there and I think that's what the Raptors are trying to do because if you don't trade and get him you're never going to be able to have a chance to keep him because Toronto is not exactly a free agent destination and Kawhi Leonard is a guy who says he wants to go to LA but you know he might get a taste of that uh, Canadian life up there maybe he'll like it uh it's hard saying so I think it's it's a risk, but maybe a risk worth taking. I'm not sure if I'd like getting rid of DeRozan for him as much as I would have liked maybe Lowry, but I understand why Toronto did what they did.
0: I think with San Antonio, I don't think they would have really been gunning for a guy like Kyle Lowry. I think DeJounte Murray is their point guard of the future. They got rid of Tony Parker, so they're really going all in with Murray. And, while, and you know, the Raptors are pretty stacked at point guards, so losing Lowry wouldn't have been that big of a blow to the team, although I do think he was – As important, if not more so, than uh, compared to DeRozan to Toronto's success last year. But, you know, with with DeRozan, you're giving up that extra year. Um, And this is a guy that obviously wanted to be in Toronto. He was someone who was committed to not just the franchise, but bringing a title to the country of Canada as a whole. And Kawhi Leonard, you don't know if he's going to like it here. This is a guy that's been adamant, at least his camp has been, that he wants to go play in his hometown of Los Angeles. Uh, whether that's with the Lakers or the Clippers, the Clippers that remains to be seen. But I think that that Paul George sticking around with Oklahoma City gave teams all around the association faith that hey, we can go for these guys and we have an entire season, if not more, to you know as kind of like uh, to just try and convince them that maybe this is the long term home for you. And I obviously best case scenario, yeah, Kawhi Leonard loves it here. They get to the finals. He embraces the the city of Toronto. The city of Toronto is certainly going to embrace him. I I would at least hope so. Um, But time will tell. A a, a lot can happen uh, over the course of an 82-game campaign. We still don't know if he's healthy or not. He's going to have to kind of, you know, you forget a lot about a guy who as talented as Leonard when he only plays nine games last season. So it, it adds a lot of intrigue to a season that wouldn't have been there had DeRozan still stayed with the Raptors.
1: Yeah, and we have to remember, uh, my co-host brings up a lot, what if Kawhi is, you know, he's healthy, but this could be something mental, uh, you know, mental a mental injury or some sort um, with what has happened. Maybe he's, you know, it, it's hard saying with him, you know, uh, hopefully he actually comes out in place for Toronto and doesn't pull the I'm hurt and just sits the bench the whole year like he did last year. Uh, Because if he does play and is healthy and is mentally there, then he is a top five player in the league, Uh, best two-way player in the league probably. So it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts. But I'm interested in something. Maybe you can provide some insight for me on this. When guys go to play for Toronto, um, do they earn effectively dual citizenship in Canada or do they end up with like a work visa or or how does that work out? Because clearly they're going to get homes in Canada, I assume.
0: Yeah, they'd be living. They'd be living here. I assume. Yeah, I, I'm not particularly sure, but yeah, I assume there's some sort of work visa involved. Definitely not uh, a dual citizenship. Uh, I think that would take you know at least five years of of living in the country. Uh, I think one of the big downsides of like why free agents don't come to Toronto is you know every time you go to through the airport you have to go through customs. There's there's the taxes here. Like it, it's, it, it's stark contrast from if you were just living in the States, like, you know, a good chunk of the league is is from. So I, I totally get that as being like problematic in, in trying to keep Kawhi here, especially, you know, he's a he like he likes the heat, he likes the glitz, the glamour of Los Angeles, uh, maybe not as a Laker, but as a clipper where there's less of a spotlight. So I think, you know, Toronto is kind of working uh, you know, it's an uphill battle from them from the get go, but I think winning And having success during the season and and getting to the finals, I think that will overpower all of the other issues that may present themselves from being a Canadian team. Well, and the fact you can hang out with Drake, I mean, that's got to be a positive, too. Oh, yeah, of course. Drake, am I right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not going to say that I know a lot of his music, but a lot of guys seem to like him, so we'll just go with that. Right, yeah. Um, but switching gears from Kawhi Leonard, uh, the more offseason moves for the Raptors. They did re-sign Fred Van Fleet, which I thought was one of the biggest uh, outside of the Kawhi deal. It was the biggest thing they did because that dude has got some major potential in the league. And being a backup, he may be the best backup point guard in the league. Um, Van Fleet looked great last season. What should we expect from him coming up later in the year?
0: Well, you know, his his, uh, his tag is always bet on yourself, and I couldn't be happier for the guy. This is, this is someone who went undrafted, spent a lot of time down in the 905 with our uh, G League team, uh, and he entered the season as basically the Raptors' third-string point guard, and now he's kind of elevated himself to that backup role, finished as a finalist for NBA Sixth Man of the Year, uh, I expect him to just continue to push himself, and you know he, he's someone who consistently plays with a chip on his shoulder, and I think that works well for him being in Toronto. Like every time people talk about Toronto basketball, they almost say like, you know, it's a hockey first city, and we root for the tough guys and the blue collared guys, and that's true to an extent. And I think that kind of persona resonates with someone like Van Vliet. He's not going to settle. On having one good season, I think he's going to continue to elevate his game, and he's going to be an integral part to what the Raptors are trying to do this year.
1: Yeah, I really like his game. I like what he can do and what he brings to the table uh definitely a good signing for Toronto to keep him um also, I believe Toronto was able to pick up Greg Monroe if I'm not mistaken did uh were they able to add him in the off season?
0: Yeah, they they signed him on the cheap. Uh, he's someone that's always he's always, he always seems to be rumored to Toronto for some reason. But yeah, he's going to serve as our backup center behind Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, presumably, uh, that kind of signals the end of Bebe Noguera's tenure in Toronto, who I really liked, uh, not just for his personality, but he he added some length and some athleticism to the front court, uh, two things that Greg Monroe doesn't necessarily have. Um, but well he definitely doesn't have either of those things but he, he's a steady hand he can see someone who can give you 10 to 12 minutes off the bench he can grab boards he, he, he's still relatively young like he's he's in his late 20s it almost feels like he, he's been in the league for like 12 13 years at this point but uh, you know at the same time I, I don't think i don't see him having uh, getting a huge role under someone like head coach Nick Nurse who's trying to like push the tempo push the offense get a lot of outside shooting but you know what, as a, as a quick one-year deal, I think the Raptors could have done a heck of a lot worse.
1: Yeah, Monroe's just, he kind of seems like a, a player that was made for the late 80s, and he's been dropped into this modern NBA, and it's almost like a he's such a good player, and he's such a good low-post player, but he's not got that outside shot. Uh, maybe he's a, a decent defender, but not the best. He just He's tailor-made for... Old school, throw it down low and just let him pound the basketball and don't make him stretch the floor any. But he's definitely a a good player. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, Another guy that the Raptors have who nobody ever really talks about, but I really think he deserves a lot of praise, is Pascal Siakam. Really like that kid. Like what he brings to the table. Uh, Excellent defender. Um, Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. most people that saw him watched him had to try to guard LeBron, uh, which is tough. So what what What's your thoughts on Siakam uh, for the Raptors?
0: I could see someone like Siakam being inserted into the starting lineup. Maybe not at the start of the season. I think the Raptors are still going to roll with Serge Ibaka. They're, still, they're certainly paying him as a starter. But Siakam definitely has more upside at this stage of his career. He's a lot faster. Again, like I said with Nurse, they're going to try and really get, get that speed up, push the tempo, and I think Siakam fits the bill way better than someone like Ibaka would but I'm very I'm very high on Siakam, and it's amazing, going back to the Kawhi Leonard trade, like, Masai Ujiri's ability to get someone like Kawhi and not give up any of their young pieces outside of Jakob Pertl, like being able to keep Siakam, being able to keep Fred Van Vliet, uh, Van Vliet uh, being able to keep DeLon Wright, um, these are the guys that are going to be your building blocks for the next three to five years, especially if Kawhi Leonard does decide to leave. And... Pascal Siakam. Yeah, I I hope to see a lot more of him this season and I think he's definitely earned more minutes.
1: Yeah, for sure and uh he's he's a solid player. Um quick question though on Dwayne Casey. Did you like the firing? Did you do you not like the firing? I for one was not keen on it, but maybe you know more than I do when it comes to uh, Toronto. What do you think about that?
0: Well, the, the widespread perception around the league was, was definitely negative. Uh, Dwayne Casey was uh, beloved, uh, not just here in the city, but you know by fellow coaches around the league, by other players. He's very respected. You know, coming over from the Dallas Mavericks, that championship team that beat the Heatles back in 2011, and he, lot of, he did a lot of good work here. Um, certainly the best coach we've ever had took the, the team to places that it had never been before. But, you know, as good of a coach and as respected as he was, I think having the same voice in the position that long and not necessarily getting any further than they have and coming off that series with Cleveland two straight years years of just getting walloped by LeBron, I think the time had come for a change of voice behind the scenes. And while I'm sad to see Casey go on a personal level, I really did like him and I really did enjoy having him around um, and you know I, it's a wait and see approach with Nick Nurse obviously because he's never been in this spot before, but I, I wish Casey well with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, but at the same time, it's, you can't justify keeping him, and it's always easier to get rid of a head coach than it is to get rid of a fan- franchise player, which of course the Raptors eventually did, uh, trading DeRozan.
1: What do you think the Raptors need to improve on the most that they're going to be more competitive next season? What What do you think they lacked last year in the going into the playoffs? I mean, they were the one seed, and now they're we're moving forward to another year. LeBron's out of the East. The East is kind of wide open uh, because Toronto looks like a team that could contend. Boston. There's some other teams that are making moves, getting better. Indiana is improving. Um, Milwaukee. Other teams like that. But what what Toronto need to do to finally get over the hump and improve to get to the finals after they had clinched the one seed last year.
0: Well, statistically, you look at their numbers. I mean, they were one of, I think one or one of two teams, or maybe three, that were like a top five offense and defense. So they're obviously, you know, strong on both ends of the ball. I think their big issue last year was just they weren't tough enough. They saw the, the juggernaut that was LeBron James and they shrunk up. And it was really sad to watch because I saw so much potential from them during the campaign, only for them to shrivel up into a ball and get scared at the sight of, oh my God, here's this four time NBA MVP in front of us. It's the same story, different day. And I think that frustrated them and that threw them off. And now, you know, again, with Kawhi Leonard, you never know what's in his head, the guy never speaks. He, he he keeps to himself, but when he gets on that floor, he's he's as tough as nails. He's as tough as they come and he never shies away from anything. And you paired that up with someone like Kyle Lowry, for example, who I think was the toughest player on the Raptors, maybe one of the toughest in franchise history, I think a lot of that, you know, that awkwardness came from DeMar DeRozan and now he's no longer here. And again, having James out of the picture the Raptors, they know what's in front of them. It's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. It's going to be up-and-coming teams like the Pacers, like the Bucks. But then there's those Boston Celtics in front of you with the Kyries and the Gordon Haywards of the world back in that lineup, along with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and a veteran like Al Horford. I, I think the window of what they need to accomplish becomes a lot more clear. They know what they have to do, and I don't think there's any. I I don't think they're scared anymore, and I I certainly hope not because I don't want them to have to go into the postseason again and I have to write the same damn articles about how the Toronto Raptors are just, you know, (laughs) a a clown show, a joke. Like They got ripped apart on social media by analysts all over the world just because, you know, no one likes to see a team like that that won 59 games just, like, lay down for somebody, and that's exactly what they did. But Kawhi's here? I don't think that's going to happen anymore.
1: That's true. Um, Danny Green comes over in that trade with San Antonio. Um, there was rumor, well, I guess, I don't know if it was really rumor, it was reported that he had been playing with a an injury that the San Antonio doctors missed. I think it was a cracked groin or something of that nature. Uh, uh-huh. Can you comment on that? Have you read anything about that or heard anything?
0: Yeah, there were. I mean, the Spurs medical team uh, obviously have, have been uh, thrown under the rug with, with the Kawhi yeah, Leonard Spurs, stuff. Uh,
1: the Spurs medical team is uh, equated to the first Jamaican bobsled team right now, so it's
0: <laughs> not really looking good. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, with Danny Green, I think yeah, it, it was something similar that they kind of let Danny Green. I think I, I think it was it was Danny's decision to kind of play through the injury for the better part of the year, and then it wasn't until the end of the season that it turned out to be a lot more serious than they thought because the medical staff wasn't keeping tabs on it probably as much as they should. Um, But that's neither here or there at this point. I fully expect him to be 100% by the time training camp starts, and he's going to be slotted in as our starting shooting guard, someone who can, you know, he's he's the anti-Demar DeRozan in a sense. This is a guy who could spot up from three-point range, hit consistently 40%, uh, he's an excellent defender, and he's only under a one-year deal. So he's an expiring contract of $10 million. So if it doesn't work out, this is that that's just extra cap room for the Raptors. And he's probably the unheralded part of that Kawhi Leonard trade. Obviously, all of the focus is on the two-time defensive player of the year and multiple-time All-Star, but Danny Green is an excellent pickup for what the Raptors are trying to accomplish.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a solid addition. He's really dropped off over the past few years, unfortunately, uh, maybe a change of scenery, change of uh, what he needs to do, can make him uh, go back to what he can do best, and that's shoot and score. He that's that's his game. Uh, I, I won't keep you too much longer. I just got a couple more questions here. Uh, Serge Ibaka has been a solid player for Toronto. He was a solid player in Oklahoma City. Uh, you said that C. Occam's probably the guy for the future uh about how much of longer do you think Ibaka can maintain a high level of play and do you see him staying with the the Raptors for about the rest of his career or is he just a guy who okay we're going to start looking to either move him or move on from him soon
0: uh Ibaka's running on borrowed time in, in Toronto and to for, 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 you know to say that he's continue he's at a high level I, I just don't buy that uh this is a guy that I think, you know, if he doesn't perform at the start of the year in the first couple of months, I think Siakam is going to be itching to get into that starting lineup. And that's a move that I think Nurse would certainly look to make. Uh, Abaka is someone that, you know, is going to be thrown around as a trade candidate by the time February comes along. I, I don't see him fitting in with what the Raptors are trying to do long term. He certainly won't be ending his career here uh, from the way I can tell. Um, it would t- I would be shocked if the Raptors were looking to re-sign him, they, if they did, it would be for far less than he's making right now. I think he's making $20 million this year, which is absurd considering what he's contributing. He's not the defender he once was. Uh, you know, he, He's solid in spurts, but not nearly enough to the point where he should be making that kind of money and getting the minutes that he is. Uh, and, and next to Jonas Valanciunas, it, it's just not a great fit. I, I think, you know, Abaka, you can't, forget how to be a shot blocker and a rim protector but as an overall defender i think abaca just doesn't have that you know intensity that spark that he maybe once had when he was with the oklahoma city thunder and you know you know his days in the with the raptors are definitely numbered yeah he his production
1: has dropped he he used to be a guy that you would look at and be like oh man he's a solid defender you know what you're going to get from him but now it's he takes a lot of threes anymore and he i don't know i just don't like that part of his game i like that i like the old rim protector the defensive the defensive minded Bach and he's really away from that but you mentioned my personal favorite raptor player jonas Valanciunas. i love that guy i love what he does love the way he plays um it just seems to fit for me i don't know not the best player on the team by any stretch, but I love what he does. Um, this season, I hope I'm hoping with the Raptors getting Kawhi and Danny green and more shooting that maybe he can get a bigger role for the Raptors. Do you think that with the floor spacing a little bit, that might help his game in the upcoming season?
0: Jonas. I, I also love Jonas. I just want to echo those sentiments. Uh, love the beard, love his personality. He's hilarious. Uh, and I'm really happy that he—he kind of love the beard. Um, but he, I was happy to see that he's kind of—he's trusting his three-point shot more, an aspect of his game that I think most seven-footers in the league need to acquire because that's just the way the game is evolving. Um, but you know, he—he he was a polarizing figure with with Casey because Casey would never play him late in the fourth quarter, and when he did. Uh, you know he would have you know big big moments that that helped the Raptors win games, but it wasn't consistent enough, and he you would always find him sitting on the bench. Um, under Nurse again, I'm taking a wait and see approach with with how Valanciunas is going to be used. Uh, going back to Ibaka, I see the Raptors running a lot of small man lineups, possibly with Ibaka or Siakam at the five. You know having OG in there, Kawhi Leonard uh, as the second parts of your front court. Jonas, uh, again, someone whose name is going to probably be tossed around in trade rumors, but I really like him. He, he's someone who can get you a double-double uh, on a nightly basis. He's an excellent free-throw shooter, which not a lot of centers around the league can attest to being. Um, I hope I, I would love to see him stick around and kind of find his, his niche in a Nurse-led offense. Um, but, again, it, it just depends on how Nurse sees, uh, if he sees more benefit of just going small, and if that's the case then Valanciunas could find himself on the bench once again. Well,
1: I I hope that's not the case. I do enjoy the way he plays and I like his game. He's he's a great player. Um I'll let you I'll let you go after this this one more question here and I really appreciate you giving me time and talking with me here about the Raptors cuz we got some Raptors listeners and uh, one of our co-host is a uh, toronto raptors guy he's from canada he lives up in um, alberta so he's a he's a toronto guy so uh, i do appreciate you giving me time but this last one here's kind of an overall question what do you think the raptors finish if you had to predict right now looking ahead where do they finish this season are they nba finals bound do they get tripped up by the celtics or the sixers or it will just say Kawhi plays and he's healthy everyone's healthy do you think they can make it to the finals?
0: All right. So best case scenario, yeah, Leonard plays 70 plus games, which is probably a little high considering he played nine last year. He's, there's going to be spurts where he sits. He might might have a little minor injury here or there. Uh, and obviously there was the chemistry issue. I mean, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, those two were boys, and they were comfortable playing with one another. And who's to say that, same, that will be the same with Lowry and Leonard? But I think if all checks out, there's no reason to think the Raptors will finish any worse than second in the Eastern Conference. I think the Celtics, I think they're going to be everyone else's favorite just because they're going to have Kyrie and Gordon Hayward back. You know, who's to say how many games those two will play? Kyrie is also injury prone. But I think the Raptors probably win between 55, 57 games, maybe a little bit less than they did last year. But. I, I, I think anything less than an Eastern Conference Finals berth would be a huge disappointment. I would probably say the Celtics are probably an easier choice to make it to the finals. I, I really like Boston's depth, and you can't uh, understate how important a, a head coach at, like Brad Stevens is. I think he's the second best coach in all of basketball behind Greg Popovich. And, uh, you know, obviously, Nurse, this is his first year on the job. So,. Uh, those I would hell I would I want to see the Raptors in the finals. I have been covering this te- I've been watching this team anyway since they first started back in 95. Uh, I've been writing about them for the last 8 to 10 years and I would love to see just a, a one finals game at the Scotiabank Arena in downtown Toronto because I just work right up the road. It's if you've never seen a Raptors home game live and obviously there's a lot of you out there the atmosphere is electric these fans in you know north of the border they love their basketball this isn't a hockey city and i hope one day that i get to see Kyle Lowry or you know Kawhi Leonard whoever's here compete for the Larry O'Brien trophy i just unfortunately think that won't be this season
1: well i'll tell you what if you can get me a ticket and <laughs> i'll get my passport and i'll come up and we'll we'll have a good time
0: <laughs> Sounds good, buddy.
1: <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, well, Chris, thanks again for jumping on with us here on Wideband Can't Jump. You've been awesome giving me so much of your time. Uh, if you don't care, let our listeners know where they can follow you and find you and uh, keep up with all things Toronto.
0: Well, be sure to download the Score app for all your uh, basketball needs and news. Uh, you can find me there, obviously, and you can follow me on Twitter. Follow me at Walder Sports. W-A-L-D is in dog. E-R. You'd be surprised how many people call me Chris Walter with a T. Nope, it's Walter.
3: <laughs>
1: Don't put a T in his name. Put a T on your back. That's right. Uh, <laughs> there
0: you go. <laughs> but, uh,
1: but, Chris, thanks again so much for jumping on with us, and we hope we can have you back sooner rather than later for more Raptors Talk, and uh appreciate your time.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, man. We'll talk soon.
1: Can't wait. Have a good one. Thank you. too sexy for my love too sexy for my love love's going to leave wowfreecam.com is the number one cam site on the internet and they are our gracious sponsors and we want to invite you to check them out over at wowfreecam.com anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to wowfreecam.com what's some of the things you could check out over on wowfreecam.com motorboat? play the motorboat? yeah you of bitch, you, sailor, you or you could be into
3: two chicks at the same time man.
1: whatever it is that you're looking up for wowfreecam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only you won't want to miss out all the fun going on at wowfreecam.com so be sure to show them some love and go over hey it's in the name it's all free must be 18 or older to access the website. But make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun going on over at WowFreeCam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. A big thank you to our sponsor, WowFreeCam.com, here on the show, as well as the law offices of Stephen P. New. You can check them out at WowFreeCam.com and NewLawOffice.com. Tim? That was my talk with Chris Walder from The Score up in Toronto. What did you think? Thoughts?
2: Go Raptors, baby. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to throw in there that uh, I was wrong. Um, the Score is no longer a television entity. They're a digital ah, platform. Okay. Ah, They okay. were
3: at,
2: they were bought by Sportsnet, but then became a digital. That's why when he was talking about the app, that's their bread and butter these mm. days. So, no oh, okay uh, I, I believe uh, if I read it correctly, uh, five million people downloaded the app or something. So that's quite a bit for Woo. up here in Canada. So
1: that's, uh, that's about two or three more than listen to Wide Men Can't Jump on a weekly basis.
2: Uh, depending
1: uh. on the show, but
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: if we if we, we do ask want to send retweets,
1: a, we we did enough. just add our thirtieth country the other day. What was the what was it again?
2: Angola.
1: Angola, yeah, I didn't even know Angola. that was a place.
2: Now, <laughs> now you tell me. As I as I told Tom Robinson off air, you think Jim Cornette's got listeners in Angola? I don't think so.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
2: I highly doubt it. We reach. Only we, here, have, baby. we have reached. We have reached some of the deepest, darkest corners of the world with our little show, which is just. Six Which is just continents.
1: crazy. Blows my mind. I mean, we've got, Every week. We've
2: got Brazil. Every week, we a Yeah, it's always something. Yeah. It's another one every... Seems numbers. every week or two, but... You know we blew the lid. We blew, the lid, we blew the lid off...
1: Uh, blew the lid off the uh, old record for a numbers in a month, did we not?
2: Um, well... the, the pretty close. Well, We're not done yet, but... We're not done yet, but we're close, and... Uh, as I, as i I think I mentioned before, but I don't know if anyone has ever mentioned on air that we were uh, we're well over on our on our own little platform here we're pushing yeah uh, thirty thousand downloads slash listens just on our own little platform here blog talk so that's great you know in, in, in what basically i believe uh, really since march on huh, in blog talk so what's that
1: yeah, we started on blog talk in March six, uh folder episodes six. from...
2: It's not even some
1: of our months, days at LastCast. So, yeah, so uh, our older know, days at LastCast, we had uh, had some listens, but uh, you know, and, and let's not forget uh, our guys over. I might have to get in contact with them. I haven't talked to them in a few months, but our guys over on, uh, oh shoot, I forgot their.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, I've I always get the name oh, wrong. Man. Um, all pro nation. All
1: pro nation. All pro nation. That's it. That's it. All pro nation. Our guys over there, I'm sorry, guys, just mind fart there. It's been a rough week uh all pro nation we got listen listeners coming in from all over the place uh Twitter keeps getting bigger and growing by the day uh new followers Who knows
2: over that uh, uh, that juggernaut over at uh, that iTunes where the, where you can't get any information out of those guys but but we're there, so somebody's
1: yeah, yeah, we've got a uh and i'm if you go
2: if you go so if you search wide men over there. You'll see that uh-huh. like they have a little popularity meter beside every uh, beside every download. And they're yeah. different, so that means, you know, that some are being listened to more than others. So somebody's listening. How many? Yeah. Who knows? But I'm going to And guess I will it say this. At least thank you thank
1: you to everybody that downloads off of iTunes and leaves ratings. Currently, we are at a 4-star rating on iTunes. We'd like to get up to 5 or close to it. So keep the ratings coming. Give us that five-star rating. We're at four stars right well, now. We appreciate happen. it.
2: I, I went there under every alias I had and gave five stars. How did <laughs> we get four? <laughs> we I, was had mad hater, at, I was mad at, yeah, I was mad at, at Tom and gave us a three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Tom gave us a
2: three. He's
1: like, it just doesn't keep No,
2: I got mad at Tom, and I gave us a three. Oh, okay. So we only, it was you. Four, okay, I, I knew somebody it was me. did. Tom. It was, it, Tom wouldn't know how to <laughs> leave every Come on. This is Tom we're talking about. It was a little He escaped. What's that? the computer. <laughs> That's that, that iTunes. That came out, you know, after H-Tunes, right?
1: <laughs> came out after preparation H. <laughs>
2: Well, Tom, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All week. Well, speaking of You'll Tom. We do get to use though, that can... often,
3: but when we do. Uh, oh, it's there. But speaking of TR, do.
1: I got a chance to sit down and talk to our good friend TR last night, and this oh. interview is going to take us well. Like, this is a, a good talk he and I had. This is going to take us past uh, the time we have left on this show, if you want to believe that oh, or not. Oh, good Lord. It is we talked for close you to 40 win the individuals minutes. we are we are indeed, but this is t r and I we started a new segment on the show. It's called Good and Bad, and then you feel in the blade of what it is. this new segment we went good off season, bad off season, and we only got about halfway through the uh the league, so you're gonna hear this and t r and I
2: talk. what's that? Only halfway through the league, oh my God. Only halfway through.
1: Only halfway through in 40 minutes, if you can believe that. Uh, but here's TR and I, our conversation. And Tim and I will come back. We will be no longer be live when we come back, but when we come back we will wrap up the show and send everybody home. And um, we'll add a few notes here and there at the end. So here's TR and I with good and bad. Let's check it out, Tim. Joining me right now is your all's favorite guy, T.R. Shock himself, Tom Robinson, my co-host here on Wide Men Can't Jump. With his busy schedule, my busy schedule, we wanted to make sure we got T.R. on the show this week, so T.R. and I are going to have some fun here with it. What's up, T.R.?
3: Nothing much. uh, I'm resting and relaxing in the sunshine on the Isle of Fiji, not... uh, (laughs) not due to a tribute to the late Jimmy Snuka but my uh, student and protege Anthony Robbins has a uh, chunk of land here that I'm chilling
1: oh okay that must be I hear a little bit of a breeze there on Fiji that must be what that is Uh. yeah All right. well the uh, cabana girl oh the cabana girl yes taking care of you understandable as long as it's a happy ending for you, brother, that's all we worry about.
3: <laughs> yes, sir.
1: <laughs> well, TR, the reason that you're on here, other than it being your show, um, you're a busy man, and you'll be back co-hosting in no time. But for now, we've got you showing up here. You and I are going to play a little bit of a game that uh, we just made up on the fly. It's called Good Off-Season, Bad Off-Season. Uh, basically, what we're going to do is we're going to look at teams Break them down and tell you who they brought in, who they lost, and if they had a good off season or a bad off season and why. So we may not get through the entire uh, league, but we do want to knock out uh, as much as we can here in the next few minutes. So we'll just start in alphabetical order and we'll kick it off. Sound good, brother?
3: Sure. I. Uh, Taking, taking the apparatus out of my teeth for the chicken that's stuck between two of my um, pearly <laughs> you whites.
1: The, you mean the filet mignon that you were eating on the Isle of Fiji? Right, 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 right. Filet yes, mignon. I understand. It that. tastes just like chicken. Uh
2: wow. <laughs> All right, let's Everything look at does. the
1: Atlanta Hawks. It, it does. The Atlanta Hawks, uh, in the offseason, they acquired Justin Anderson with a trade involving the Sixers. They signed Alex Lynn, have- a free agent. Uh-huh. You tell I me to hang said, on? I know him.
3: I said oh, I know okay. him. Ignore me. I'm going to talk comments in.
1: You're fine. They got Jeremy Lin in a trade with the Nets. They drafted Trey Young at 5, Kevin Herter at 19, Omari Spellman at 30. Then they lose Carmelo Anthony after they traded for him to the Thunder. They waived him. Antonius Cleveland they waived. They, signed. they lost Damian Lee to the Warriors. Mike Muscola was involved in that trade with the Sixers. They traded Dennis Schroeder to the Thunder, and Isaiah Taylor was waived. And they re-signed no one this offseason. T.R., what do you think? Good offseason, bad offseason for the Hawks?
3: Capital B, A, double D, like Diamond Dallas Page used to say about Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond, bad. Bad, B-A, double D. They were bad company. Hmm. But I say extremely they bad, uh, because whoever's running the show down there, and you probably know who by name, but I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, I
1: don't, don't know off the you're, top of my head.
3: Don't think you're pulling one over on me. You 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 could have had Luka Doncic, <laughs> et cetera, and you you took that fucking El DeBarge. Uh, illegitimate son and trey young and i my old r&b fans will get that reference because the fucker looks like him and uh <laughs> this time this time loves for real it was their hit but their fucking tanking is for real that they're trying to veil and maybe get the uh one of them duke boys next year yeah and et cetera. They, you know they're they're uh they will be in the bottom, like you and I were not arguing, but having a discussion about Cleveland uh, last week or the week before. And you mm-hmm. think they're going to be a bottom four team in the East. I think in Atlanta's case, they're, they can't possibly be higher than a bottom four team in the NBA with that mess that they got.
1: Yeah. But I- yeah, they have a mess over there. But they're, they're trying to get younger. Um, this is all according to plan. They really like Trey Young. I don't see it. But they are getting younger. They're getting rid of some of those old contracts. Um, so I won't say it was a bad off season, but in terms of looking ahead to the next season, it's not going to be good. So Atlanta, TR rates them bad. So we'll stick with TR's ratings. We won't worry too much about mine. All right, next team, the Boston Celtics. All right, now this one, you'll love this. Uh, (laughs) I know you love the Celtics. The Celtics added Brad Winamaker, free agent, and they drafted Robert Williams at 27. Now, here's who they lost. They lose Shane Larkin. You know where Shane Larkin is going?
3: I don't know if you heard this.
1: I didn't know this. I didn't know this. Shane Larkin has signed to play in Turkey next season.
3: Yeah, I had uh, I had heard uh I had heard that he was quote out of basketball for a period. And I was yeah. like, damn, that's that's a little harsh.
1: And, uh, yeah, really. Well um Abde- Abdel Nader yeah, Shane Larkin's a good player. I'm surprised he went to Turkey, but Abdel Nader traded to the Thunder and Rodney Purvis was waived. They did re sign Aaron Baines, Jabari Bird, and the most important one they re signed Marcus Smart. So Celtics TR good off season, bad off season.
3: Well, uh, I gotta throw an asterisk in because you gotta say they added Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving too in a bizarre way. They never left, but uh, all forecasts I've heard is that both will be healthy. So uh, if I factor that in, a good off season. Uh, I'd say good anyway because of Marcus Smart. I thought that was yeah, a must. Him is, is big. Yeah, I, I wish I had some uh, some stuff that we don't have in common to say, but we both like Marcus Smart. Um, <laughs> how can we not? Yeah, some some don't get it though. Some don't realize how invaluable of a guy he is. But uh, that's Man. why we're the experts, and they are not. Um, exactly. So that's I'd
1: why we're here. That's why we're heard in 30 countries all over the world, so and they're not. Right. So. Uh,
3: as far <laughs> as, you know, there was only like a couple additions other than the free agency deal, the Robert Williams. and mm-hmm. I kind of forget who you just said, but, uh, you know, it's really i, I got to go.
1: It's, it's not really going to be but, anybody that you're going to see a lot on the court. Marcus Smart was the big one, I think.
3: Yeah, um, and uh, other than Shane Larkin, I, they didn't lose anybody. And, you know, we both agreed Shane should probably be somewhere in the NBA. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Son of Barry Larkin from your favorite sport, Major League Baseball.
1: Um, <sighs> oh, I'm sorry, you mentioned <laughs> baseball and fell asleep.
3: So, anyhow, uh, I got to say good, and – you know, I'm not supposed to – I'm supposed to despise the Celtics from my tenure here on earth from back mm-hmm. uh the Bird-Dr. J rivalry and, and so forth. And uh, But, I, you know, I, I can't hate them for doing the right things when we're not. So, good yeah, for I understand. me. I say good.
1: Well, let's take a look at another team. So, if you're out there keeping track of this, you're going to want to get a piece of paper and a pen to keep up with this. The Brooklyn Nets. They added, Christ. here we go, free agent. They added Ed Davis. They trade to get Jared Dudley from the Suns. They trade to get Kenneth Farid from the Nuggets. They signed Trayvon Graham as a free agent, Sabaz Napier as a free agent, Dizana Musa was drafted at 29, and Radonis Kirkus was drafted at 40. You catch all that. <laughs>
3: Uh, I can't remember it, but Napier stands out, but go ahead.
1: Uh, They lose Darrell Arthur in the trade with the Suns. Dante Cunningham signed with the Spurs in the offseason. They did get Dwight Howard and waived him, so he's gone. Jeremy Lin was traded to the Hawks. Nick Stauskas has signed with the Trailblazers, and they lose Isaiah Whitehead, who was traded to the Nuggets. They were able to re-sign Joe Harris in the off season. So TR with all those moves and all those moving parts, Brooklyn Nets, good off season, bad off season.
3: Brother, I want to defer to you because I don't know if it's one or the other. I think it's just like a stalemate. Um, other than I think Shabazz what you're
1: seeing, I think what you're seeing is the, is the Nets, Acquiring deals that are expiring, and, and I don't know if you saw this. Kenneth Freed got arrested um, for, I believe, drug charges. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, um, I think it was marijuana, but he did. I believe he was arrested uh, either yesterday they, or the day
3: before. If they bail him out, will he be freed? Anyway,
1: I'll get, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, I'm gonna God. try and throw in but, as uh, stupid as possible the rest of this segment. But go ahead. I see this,
1: but they they don't really lose anybody that they're in love with. Um, Ed Davis is a good player. Jared Dudley's a good player. Kent Reed, you know, Shabazz Napier, a couple draft and stash players. They're just getting ready for the next off season. Brooklyn is. They're gonna have a good draft pick. They finally are over the trades with the Celtics after all these years. Um, they add some good players who are just going to fill spots and they're going to make a big run in free agency next year. So, uh, I would, if I had to guess, I'm not looking at the contract situation, but I would put money on most of these deals are one year deals and expiring contracts. So I'm going to go good off season for the nets because they're just getting ready for next year.
5: I i right.
3: I'll, I'll take your, your opinion there. I, uh, Brooklyn is slash New York. Jay Z still involved or not? Did we establish that? I forget. Very
1: very small percentage. He's involved. Very small percentage.
3: Because he would be an attraction uh, for some players. I don't know. Uh, yeah, would. I'll, I'll just take. I'll just take your uh, your good grade.
5: Okay.
1: Well, let's look at the next team here. We got the Charlotte Hornets. So coming to Charlotte. They have added Bismack Biombo in a trade with the Magic. Tony Parker, they signed as a free agent. They drafted Miles Bridges at 12, Devontae Graham at 34, and Arnaldus Kabluka at 55. They lose Michael Carter-Williams, who signed with the Rockets. Dwight Howard, they traded. Uh, they added Timothy Mosgoff to their team and then traded him to the Magic. And they lose Jalen Stone. They traded him to the Bulls, and they re-signed absolutely no one in the offseason. So TR offseason for the Hornets. Good offseason, bad
3: offseason. Fuck. It's kind of like the Brooklyn thing. It's uh I don't have a, a strong opinion about either. I'm going to you again.
1: I'm going to say it was a shit offseason for Charlotte yeah. because they keep the they keep bad contracts like Nick Batum. Kimball Walker doesn't get traded even though the rumors are swirling. They get Miles Bridges in the draft who I'm not crazy about. Uh they overpay for Tony Parker, two years ten million dollars. Uh they didn't do anything to improve and they're not that great of a team as it is. So I'm gonna say bad off season.
3: Okay, I, I can't I, I kind of uh spaced out when you talked about Tony Parker. 'Cause he's obviously a name, a veteran. Um, but it's been a long he's a little long in the tooth. And
1: uh Yeah, I mean and he, he doesn't feel a role that you really need that bad. You got a guy like Kimball Walker who's a a great point guard. The best thing you're gonna get out of Parker is a backup. You pay a backup ten million dollars over two years, and I think it's overpaying.
3: Wee oui, wee. Oui. Get it. Never mind. <laughs> Damn it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the Chicago Bulls. Uh, The Chicago Bulls added Antonius Cleveland, who they claimed off waivers. The big ones here, they add Jabari Parker in free agency, and then they draft Wendell Carter Jr. at number seven and Chandler Hutchinson at 22. Now, they lose Jaron Grant, who they traded to the Magic, Sean Kilpatrick was waived. Julian Stone was waived. Noah Vonley left to sign with the Knicks. And Paul Zipster was waived. They re-signed in the offseason. Ryan Arcedino, Antonio Blakely, and the big one, they re-signed Zach Levine. TR, good offseason, bad offseason for the uh, Chicago Bulls.
3: I don't think there's any secret where I'm going here. I am a closet Jabari Parker, maybe not so in the closet Jabari Parker fan. Uh, You're not waving the
1: Jabari flag in the streets, buddy. Don't even act like you're in the closet.
3: Yeah, even though uh, he, quote, or they, quote, play defense. Uh, (laughs) I didn't like that. (laughs) I didn't like that comment. But despite that, you know, you had the Wendell Carter Jr. and the fucking and uh, it's funny, either it's, you're like the greatest mind in the world to fuck up Philly related names when you can get every other name in the NBA correct, and I don't have no clue, but it's Ryan mm-hmm. DiArchiacono from Villanova. Ah, okay. My bad. <laughs> but you do it with Zaire Smith, too. You always call him Zairey. It's only I Philly know. people, though you fucking uh, I do, you nail every I do other name in the nba i'm thinking you do but uh <laughs> you know i'm i'm glad he got a shot I, who's to who's to say he'll be anything but the 15th guy or whatever but you know you hey, uh, uh, you know they, they've you know i hope i'm not like somebody in say i don't know give me a, a state uh kansas who watches Sports Center and falls in love with the Sixers because they're the sexy team with Simmons and Embiid through the highlights. But I'm falling in love with this Chicago young base, and uh, I like what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I do too. I'm a, I'm a big fan of what they're doing out East. Um, good good stuff all around for them. And I hope Jabari. I hope it does work out for him there. And I hope that uh. Yeah, I'm really pulling for Chicago this year. They're going to be a team that I'm watching close in the East, and I think me and you are going to be looking very smart when they make the playoffs this year. Yeah. So we're calling it now Bulls playoffs. It will happen this year. Barring right. injury. Let's look here. Barring injury, of course. Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, You can almost say this without even, <laughs> without even going through it, but we'll go through it. Sam Decker traded to the Clippers. Channing Fry they re-signed as a free agent, or a trade with the Clippers. These are people they brought in. Sam Decker was a trade with the Clippers. Channing Fry they signed as a free agent. And Colin Sexton was drafted at number eight. They lose Jose Calderon, who goes to the Pistons. Jeff Green has signed with the Wizards. LeBron James, of course, to the Lakers. They waive Kendrick Perkins and Arcaro White. And they re-signed Kevin Love to a nice big contract extension. T.R., Cleveland, good or bad offseason?
3: Bad. Yes. I hate to go with the obvious, Very. but
1: you lose the best player in the world. Well, I mean, what do you expect? You know? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it was a bad, a bad. Uh, the more I think about it, you may be right, but I ain't gonna fully admit that until tip off.
1: <laughs> You'll never admit that I'm right until it's right in front of your face, right? <laughs>
4: yeah. Well, I mean.
3: <laughs> I, I freely, you know, been an open book that I was not a huge Giannis fan, and you kept pestering me that he's better than I think. And I watched some full games, and then uh, besides that, his uh, 60 Minutes interview, and I fell yeah. in love with a large black man, not only due to his ability. <laughs> but due to his personality (laughs) as well. And that wasn't even honest. That That was just the guy blowing me in jail. But anyway.
1: I'm going to make that a show clip. There you go. (laughs) It's going to play. All right, moving on, though. Dallas Mavericks, next team. So here, get your pen and paper ready again if you're following at home. Uh, They bring in Devin Harris, who was a free agent. They bring in DeAndre Jordan, who was a free agent. All right, now. Folks, bear with me on this name. Ding Yahungang, <laughs> they bring in as a – I swear to God, that's what that name looks like. They bring him in as a free agent. Uh, they draft Luka Doncic at three. They draft Jalen Brunson at 33, Ray Spaulding at 56, and Costa Santa DeCumpo, Mr. Irrelevant, at number 60. They lose this offseason. Kyle Collinsworth, he was waived. Seth Curry signed with the Trailblazers. Yogi Ferrell signed with the Kings. Doug McDermott goes to the Pacers. Jonathan Motley traded to the Clippers. Nerlens Noel left to sign with the Thunder. And they traded Chuanu Unaka, who was traded to the Rockets and then was waived. They did re-sign Salah Mirji and Dirk Nowinski to contracts. So, TR, good offseason, bad offseason.
3: Uh, definitely good. Um, they, uh, I love Doncic. I mean, I have not seen any, uh, did he play, uh, you know, did he even play summer league? Did he do anything? No, I didn't get to
1: follow. I didn't get to follow close enough to keep up with him. I don't know if he played or not. Um, what
3: the fuck's wrong with us we didn't even we didn't even watch that
1: well you know we kind of I mean I watched some of it but
3: I know but uh you would think that one of us even with background Josh Brown in your ear that at least one of us would have uh checked at least one of his performances out but yeah I I mean I like him and I I I I don't really I'm not a huge Jordan fan but it's an upgrade from like Noel I guess that's who he's taking a place? Who's he taking a place
1: of? Uh, yeah, he's taking Noel's uh spot. He'll be the yeah, starting center. Great. Yeah, yeah they're, he is.
3: they're
1: definitely good. Luka Doncic did not play in summer league. Uh, okay, so let me double check. Make sure. Um, yeah, he did not play in summer league. So there yeah, you
3: go. Yeah, I, I like his cha- I like his chances to be to be a star.
1: Yeah, the the Mavs should be a team we're looking at in the future. Going, you know what? Uh, what what a great team they are. Um, yeah, we still got Dennis Smith Junior. Yeah, got Dennis Smith Junior. They've got uh, Harrison Barnes. Still, uh, they add Jordan. They add Doncic. Could be a dangerous team. You never know. They might be one of those. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they could be dangerous heading down the stretch. Uh, we'll do a couple more teams here, T.R., while we got time. We may have to make this into a two- or a three-part series here of you and I. Um, but we got a f- time for a few more here, so let's go ahead and get to Denver. Denver Nuggets. Offseason, they add Isaiah Thomas via be a free agency. They draft Michael Porter Jr. at 14, Jared Vanderbilt at 41, and Thomas Welch at 58. They lose Darrell Arthur, who was traded to the Nets, Wilson Chandler to your 76ers. Kenneth Fareed to the Nets, and they waved Isaiah Whitehead. They did re-sign Will Barton, Torrey Craig, and Nikola Jokic to a contract extension. So, TR, good offseason, bad offseason.
3: Despite what you're going to rave about, that fucking fraud uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, (laughs) despite him, they made an incredible jump from an already good team. It's beyond good.
1: Yeah. In my opinion. I think, I think they got a lot better. Uh, They added some very good players. They added Isaiah Thomas, who from talking to TJ McBride last week, he's going to be coming off the bench. Um, Still have uh, Jamal Murray's going to be starting. Gary Harris is going to be the two. Will Barton's the overall number three. Now they move on from Wilson Chandler. They and they, they inked Jokic to a long-term deal, so man, they're going to be dangerous. That's the team yeah, right there. They're, just, are, you know, they're dangerous.
3: Just out of curiosity, uh, mm-hmm. maybe my phone frequency was, uh, you know, a little off. What again exactly did the Denver Nuggets expert, the great T.J. McBride, say about Gary Harris and his importance to the team? Uh, he I, said I, I he didn't really hear that.
1: He said he was one of the most important players on the team, if not the <laughs> most important. He echoed your sentiments. Just saying. Hey, we know what we're doing. I know. <laughs> All right, uh, a couple more here. Detroit Pistons, they add in the offseason, Jose Calderon by free agency, everybody's favorite, Zaza Pachulia. Hit by free agency and Glenn Robinson the third in free agency. They also add Kyrie Thomas and Bruce Brown through the NBA draft. They lose Dwight Bucks or Bukes. They waived him. They waived Eric Moreland and Anthony Tolliver signed with my Timberwolves. They re-signed no one. So T R good offseason, bad offseason.
3: Uh omitting Zaza Peculiar. Um <laughs> They had a, they had a good off season. I think they'll improve as well. I'm, I'm optimistic well, now. I you're think, telling me all these things again.
1: Well, I will say this about them: they did add Dwayne Casey as their head coach during the off season. So, so to me, that's sure. what puts it over the top. That's what makes that off season um, special and very good. So, I'll go ahead and say they had a good off season just by adding Dwayne Casey, if nothing else.
3: Right. All
1: right. right that's the Golden afraid, State. You know, I
3: I hate to pick on Van Gundy, but I mean, that's an upgrade.
1: I mean, he was the coach of the year last year. That's an upgrade from almost anybody except maybe like Brad Stevens and Greg Popovich. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, buddy. They add Demarcus Cousins, free agency. Uh, Jonas Jericho, free agency. Damian Lee, in free agency. And they draft Jacob Evans out of Cincinnati at 28. They lose Javale McGee to the Lakers and Zaza Pachulia to the Pistons, and they re-signed Kevin Durant and Kevon Looney. Do I even really need to ask? <laughs> good all season, bad no. all season for the. Uh, that's a good one. The rich get richer.
3: Yeah, and and the once loved get more disliked.
1: Indeed. Indeed, they do. All right, Houston Rockets. We get a couple more out of this here. The Houston Rockets. They bring they bring in Carmelo Anthony via free agency. They bring in Michael Carter Williams via free agency. They bring in James Ennis the third during free agency. They draft D'Anthony Melton, who is a sneaky sneaky player uh, that they added. He was looking very good in summer league. And they draft Vincent Edwards. They did lose Trevor Ariza to the Suns. They lose. Luke Rashad Mbamute to the Clippers, but they did re-sign Gerald Green, Chris Paul, and Clint Capella. TR, good offseason, bad offseason.
3: You know, uh, you would think losing Ariza and uh, Mbamute, or however the fuck you say his name, the man that discovered Joel Embiid in The Cameroonian Cameroon. Prince. Yeah. Um, but when you broke it down like that, uh, you know I'm not a Rockets believer and never was in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to me to put on uh, objective glasses. Uh, I guess I got to go with my gut and say they, they had a bad off season because... Carmelo uh at one point would have would have been better than Ariza and Baamute put together. Mm-hmm. It's good that they re signed Capella, but um I don't know. I, I, I see them having problems. Um locker room issues and stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think Melo slows the ball down and his ball dominant, he isolates. I don't like I don't like him being added. Uh, to this roster. I'm not a fan of that. I uh, I don't think Melo is a good fit for Houston. Um, I'm going to say they had a bad offseason because losing Mbamute and adding a guy that I think is going to make your team worse and losing Ariza, losing that defense on the perimeter, yeah, you still have P.J. Tucker, and you did ink Capella and Paul, but honestly... I don't think the means justify the end, so I'm going to go bad off season for Houston compared to what they were to what they are now.
3: Yeah, and I just had a thought and race across my head like a fucking shooting star, but I forgot about it. Uh, so we both <laughs> we both uh, say bad. God damn it! All right, it's on the tip of
1: my tongue. <laughs> we can't argue for anything, can we? <laughs> yeah,
3: something. But. Uh, we'll, we'll, We'll find something. Yeah. All
1: right. Last thing, last team we'll go with here, because I think this was one of the stronger teams in the offseason. season. We'll pick this up next time that we have to, uh, we'll finish this segment out and do all the teams. The Indiana Pacers, they add Tyreek Evans via free agency, Doug McDermott via free agency, Kyle Quinn via free agency, draft Aaron Holiday, and Elise Johnson. They waive Al Jefferson, so he's gone. Glenn Robinson the third signs with the Pistons and Lance Stevenson goes to the Lakers. No re-signings in the offseason, but TR good offseason, bad offseason.
3: Well before I reveal that answer, something I wanted to say earlier was you can never trust a guy with the last name Robinson the <laughs> third. Moving on. You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, uh no brainer. This team is for Rizziel. And I am scared. You know how Toronto last year and, you know, in previous years, but last Mm -hmm. year specifically was the number one seed that nobody really considered and they're just Toronto. They're up there and they got a good record. But and it turned out that they shit the bed in the playoffs. But you don't really pay attention to them, and all of a sudden, what the fuck? They're forty and ten, or, or forty and five, or you know what I mean? Some kind of ridiculous yeah. record. I see that with Indiana this year. I see that they're going to be tough. Yes,
1: they're going to be and, a uh, deep team and very tough to unseat.
3: And uh, if they come here to Philadelphia, uh, I think they will. in to quote the Iron Sheik, humble. Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid with their able-bodied bench and their, their their starters, and they slapped around the Sixers last year as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always got to get a dig at my own team, my favorite team, by the way. Isn't that, isn't that crazy that I always take a shot at <laughs> my favorite team? But I don't blame it. I just don't like what they're doing I do it myself. these two
1: days. So. That's how you know you're a true fan, when you can take a shot at your own team and still admit they're your team.
3: Yeah, I love them, but I hate them.
1: Well, I'm gonna agree with you. It was a great off season for Indiana. I think they had one of the three or four best off seasons a team can have this year. So Indiana looks great heading forward. Um and speaking of heading you forward wide men can't go hold ahead. on.
3: You just said uh, you uh you just said who they drafted, which slipped my mind. Uh Gar Aaron right? a guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah Aaron Holiday. I mean that's the rich getting richer in the backcourt. I mean, Christ, what a great it really what, is. what a great spot. What a great spot for him to come into. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he goes out like there the with
1: the Ola Depot. Goes in with all the depot and guys like that there and uh, Collison's still there and you got Miles Turner, Kylo Quinn's gonna be a beast down low. Doug McDermott and Tyreek Evans bring shooting They still got all those players. Oh, it's just going to be – it's going to be fun to watch Indiana next season. They're going to be a sneaky team. And people are going to sleep on them. They're going to sleep on them, and they're going to end up making the playoffs because, remember, this Indiana team took the Cavs to seven games. So – and they got better. But, TR, Wide Men Can't Jump is moving to greater things. And we just keep getting bigger and bigger, adding more and more countries, more and more listeners. And we appreciate everybody. And I know, hey, real life happens, but I'm always glad when me and you can sit down and talk hoops. This is how this whole thing started almost an entire year ago. And we're still kicking it.
3: Yes, we are. It is the uh, now 30 countries. Uh, I don't know how many mm-hmm. goddamn states, but at least 40-something. Uh, there's yeah, 40 we're uh, almost all of them few of you fuckers out there like uh, in uh, a Dakota or a Vermont or something that aren't aren't smelling what we're cooking, but we're going to come to you if you don't fucking find us, so beware.
1: <laughs> very true. Very true, and we appreciate everybody for downloading the show and checking us out, and TR, I know you're a busy man these days with your job, but uh, whenever things get straightened out, we hope we can get you back on here full-time co-hosting. Right now, we got you and me making time to talk and Tim joins in and we just have all kinds of stuff. So it's really a a full round table here on the show for the next few weeks. And we hope y'all like that though.
3: Just so, just so people know, I am uh, the official beat writer of the Clifton Heights Peewee Basketball League. <laughs> so I, all my time has been researching the seven and eight year olds. Um, <laughs>
1: And not something very, brag it's, about.
3: It's not Luke Yeah, researching seven, eight-year-olds. There's a sound clip. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, some real-life stuff has happened. But that's why there's three of us. We're, we have the free bird rule oh. here. And uh, new, we did. updated the New Day rule, where any two of us can defend the title at any time. So,
1: Yeah, and they, I believe they want them back. Uh yeah,
3: I, I, I didn't have a chance to watch the end, but, yeah, they they did from what Tim told me.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll talk more wrestling on another, another show. But, uh, T.R., thanks for jumping on. And if people like this segment, you know, we'll do some more. Um, I think it was pretty cool going through and looking at all the moves that have been made. Uh, we'll definitely circle back and do this again soon. So uh, we hope you're doing all right, and we can't wait to have you back on full-time, dude.
3: Sounds like a plan. Uh October sixteenth is the tip off. Uh it is as you prob as you probably know, the Sixers yep. play the Boston Celtics. There's that's I think the Warriors and somebody that night too or something, but uh that's the game that I'm zeroed in on to comment on as the time nears and certainly after the game
1: oh definitely we can't wait for that but uh one i
3: know you got i gotta keep you on and more because i don't think i've uh bitched about this uh you
1: haven't go ahead
3: it's not a long rant but a short rant that i maybe posted about but not, not on air Miam Belock, formerly Blossom and now in Big Bang Theory, who shared the couch of James Corden with one Ben Simmons. Not working really? on a jump shot, Ben Simmons. <laughs> not 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 working with the Sixers or Drew Hanlon or going to Australia playing for their teams or anything like that. He's out in LA. I mean now he's not. He went back to Australia or some shit, but it was. I tape all the late night shows for um, material for Tim and I to bust on. So, yeah. and then I zip the river to see who's on or whatever. And sure enough, Ben Simmons and me and b were on playing games and stuff where he, you know, they blindfold them and they put their face into yeah. an item. He put his face into a snake. And, uh, she uh actually made an advance which was unblossom like of her. Mm. Uh Ben to his credit did look pretty cool. He looked in shape. He was like in a one of those night, nice sweatsuits kind of deal. Yeah. With a with a gold with a gold chain. And uh, you know, if yeah. I wear a sweatsuit it's like awful. But like them them <laughs> high end type look pretty cool.
1: We wear but, a sweatsuit, we actually sweat very badly.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Good old Ben was, uh, she, surprisingly, uh, she, he made, uh, Corden made a joke like, uh, you just want to be next to Ben Simmons, and he has the English accent, which I didn't feel like doing, but, um, and she had her um, blindfold on, and she's like, uh, oh, I should preface it by saying she wanted Ben to hold her hand because she was wearing heels and she didn't want to fall forward, and he, that was <laughs> what prompted it, to, Corden, to say that you just want to, touch Ben Simmons and she goes, Oh no and and then she went out of her way to go towards him and put her arm around him and her boobs on his body and stuff and he was just all digging the Hollywood vibe. Wow. digging the repeated uh uh Cordon uh, repeating, even though he knows nothing about basketball that uh, the
5: the reigning rookie of the year
3: uh you know, as Donovan <laughs> Mitchell cringes somewhere in utah and uh i just i i see a disaster in the making bro you heard it here all all season these guys got bigger heads than fucking the dr temple poppers patients
1: well tr we're about out of time my man so we're going to go ahead and get back to the show here um but we'll make sure we note that prediction of ben Kardashian. i mean ben simmons and uh, we'll <laughs> let yep. the future speak for itself, but I think you're dead on, my man.
3: Yep. We're going to see some weird right. shit.
1: We are. Well, let's get back to Nate and Tim, and we'll be talking more on the show. And, T.R., we can't wait to have you back soon, man.
3: Yeah, I'll be I'll be uh, ready for the season, I would think.
1: All right, good deal. Hey, why don't you send us back for old time's sake?
3: Send us back.
1: Yeah, like we like. How would we sign off?
3: Oh, well, little tr will probably do it differently in the in the real <laughs> thing. But I would just say <laughs> peace.
1: Tim, that was my conversation with T R as we had a lengthy, lengthy talk of good and bad off season. And of course we end up talking Sixers and T R hating on Ben Simmons. So we pick up we we end with where we started. So it's full circle.
2: You never told me that uh in competition with the uh LeBron James I promise school that Tom Robinson was gonna open up the Clifton Heights No Process School. <laughs> what with his uh, with his uh, scouting of pee wee basketball leagues and all,
1: I think the Tom Re- Le- Le- Lebron James is the I promise school tr is is the I know my rights officer
2: school. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that poor guy, him and his Sixers, just
3: they tease him oh, yeah. and he then they, they he loves them so they much they tease them he them and then
2: they smack they something <laughs> yeah, they tease them and then they smack them down back to reality. And but he, you know, he he soldiers on. He's a good soldier.
1: Sports relationships are very very vile yeah, been, and very mean. Been
2: there and done that. We've all had our teams that just for whatever reason can't yeah. quite figure it out. And, and you suffer along as we continue to wallow in mediocrity. But you're there anyway. Just as like, always.
1: You know, that is the way it is, but, Tim, I'm glad you were able to join me here this week, and we do want to thank our guests, uh, Rob Fisher and Chris Walden, and, hell, let's thank Tom Robinson for showing up on the show this week.
2: Uh, PR makes a rare, a rare with appearance these days.
1: Well, he'll be back in the co-host chair before you know it. It's just a matter of getting things straightened out well, with, you geez. know, he's got his new but job, and the well, you schedule. have to be
2: careful because uh, this is what number five now, I believe. So yeah. I've got five more in my my right. uh, option, my option to renew kicks in after five more. So
1: <laughs> your contract is exclusive. I, Luckily, we pay you oh, in dollars. An, so
2: just... I had an agent, though. Let me tell you, he's got me covered for uh, you know. If I make fifteen episodes in the in the season, I get paid for the whole season, whether I'm on or not. Ah, Wiffy Flanagan got you, did he? Yeah, I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> Read the small print, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I'll need to, I'll need to go print. through that. But we want to thank everybody for tuning in here on Wide Men can This is episode 42, Walking in Memphis, No Stops Until Toronto. So kind of a theme with the show there. Um, thank you, Tim, for co-hosting with me this week. I want to thank our sponsors, WowFreeCam.com and the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com. You can check us out on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you download or steal or take or whatever. Borrow, Borrow your podcasts. We're there. Low. Check us out. Download us. Like us on Twitter. We're at Wide Jump. You can follow me at MMITM Nathan on Twitter. You can follow Tim at TileMan68. You can follow TR at TRShock. But follow Wide Jump. It's at Wide Jump. You can't miss us on there. We're always posting something, showing you. Uh, talking with different people. So interact with us. Uh, go give us a five-star review on iTunes. If you download from iTunes, give us, give us a rating there. Let's get that rating up since Tim got mad at TR and gave us a three-star rating one night, one of his multiple Sorry. personality disorders. It's okay. We'll overlook right. it. <laughs> the American Enemy came out. It's all good. Not a problem. We're going to have another great show next week. Already got a couple guests lined up for that. Should be a fun one. Uh, A couple other teams that we don't talk about often. We're just kind of going through teams here in the offseason, getting prepared for that start. Uh, Tim and I believe uh, Friday we're going to shoot to do a fantasy football show. So if you're downloading the shows, look for that. Look for a fantasy football program we'll be talking. And then Sunday is the big college football roundtable. We talk football in every aspect we can of the college world. Special guest John McAdam joining us on Wednesday, he's a college football pro. He'll be joining Sunday, excuse me, on Sunday. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, trying to think if there's anything else in the world. Uh, I believe that's about it. Uh, make sure you download all the episodes. we got a little something for everybody. Make sure you follow us on social medias. And we do have a Facebook group if you want in. Let us know on Facebook. We can add you to it. It's all kinds of good stuff on there. Uh, Tim, anything you want to add before we get out of here?
2: Uh, no, I think I'm all right. I think I'm good to go.
1: All right. All right. Well, he's Tim. I'm Nate. Hey, where's little TR? we got to get out of here. Send us home.
2: My, my daddy said, trust the process. No, wait a minute. My daddy said, don't trust the process. I can never remember because I'm just little TR. Peace.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Man Radio Network. Blogtalkradio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash wide men can't jump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump.